the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. So coming along today, it is the Monday edition. It's the phone booth edition of The Ride Home. Uh, we have some transmission problems because of uh, what's going on. <laughs> Everything in the universe, uh, as we speak, and so apparently we've got transmission trouble, and Kaz and I are joining you live from our phones. Kaz? Yeah, I mean, who would have ever thought that in this day of advanced technology, when normally our uh, listening audience can also become our watching audience by watching it on, on Facebook? Nope, that's not happening right now. And our audio transmission into the studio, eh, also not working. So we're back to the phone. Good gravy. <laughs> okay, wait. Let me just keep score here. Our nation is in meltdown. Yeah. Uh, on a much smaller scale, the Steelers were brutally embarrassed. It could be the end of the Ben Roethlisberger, perhaps Mike Tomlin era. And yeah. uh, now we're stuck somewhere inside of a cereal box and are speaking to each other from a phone from our spare rooms. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's quite? Do you think it's part of the the um, you know all, all sorts of things are disappearing? You can't see the president anymore on uh, Twitter or Facebook now. Parlors disappeared, and are we the next thing? Right, and not wait. Now I'm hearing you like on my phone and on the um, the feed as well. So right, that's so good. Listen, don't listen to the feed. Just listen to your phone. Good gravy. I don't know where to begin. I mean, I guess I'll begin uh, here. This is the only place. This is the only thing that's kept me sane over these last uh, several days and then some is that I am in Christ. I am a creation of Christ, just as you are, Kath, and Mike, and our listeners, that we all are the body of Christ. I I claim Christ in my life. I I read his words. I know his commandments. I try to follow along. I'm also a sinner saved by grace. Now, so when I see the world in meltdown, at least this, you know, well, I see the world in meltdown. I see us. And to know that this, uh, uh, I am not a Republican or a Democrat, first and foremost. What I am is a creation, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so whenever someone says to me, Hey, John, um, you know, your point, I don't get your point, or I disagree vehemently with where you're coming from, but you're my brother in Christ, or you're my sister in Christ. Well, then I know that I'm okay with that person. I know that Mm -hmm. the communication lines are open and that I'll be able to, despite our disagreements, be together because we are one under the body. And to me, that is everything, and I think especially today, we should not forget that. As you tune into the show, you tune in here for a particular reason. We are not political in nature, although we live in a deeply political world. 
but we are what we are is Christ lovers and Christ followers, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the question is then, how do we as Christians do politics well? The same question, which is, how do we do economics well, or how do we do teaching well, or how do well, we do music well, right? We've, we've proven this. We don't do politics well, do we? Well, yeah, okay, so that means that we have to focus more on how it is that a Christ follower does politics well. I mean, I, you know, I, I say this often on the show, and it bears repeating, that one of the things that I love most about our listening audience is that we've got people from all over the political spectrum. We've got Democrats. We've got Republicans. We've got people who probably don't care at all about politics in our listening audience. And it doesn't um, – it's not a mandate that we agree on political things. What is a mandate is at the end of the day, we come back to one another and say, even though we have disagreed, even though you don't see the same, you don't see things the same way I do, that we're still family. Yeah. I think that's key. I mean, the rest of the world, you see, you see us. I mean, we are just, we've lost our minds here and we have become beholden to one man in this country in many ways. And of course, look look at where it's landed us. People are raging from the right and from the left, shaking their fists. I mean, you know, I've been watching the events unfold like everybody else has. And you know what's really breaking my heart? That, you know, what happened in the Capitol? And of course, there will be books and tomes written about this for the next 100 plus years. We are just at the very beginning of this observation and uh, the breakdown uh, of looking at what happened last week. But now when you see, you know, arrests being made and you see those those men, you know, who were at the Capitol, the women as well, and now you see their mugshots and you think those people are going to be separated from their families. Their wives are going to grieve for them. Their children are going to not mm-hmm. have them in their embrace. Their grandchildren won't see Pap anymore. And there was a moment when all those people, you know, agreed and thought that what was happening was a good and necessary thing that must be acted out. Say what you will about any of that. I'm not going to talk about that right now. What I'm talking about is the human cost of what it is to stand up for what you think at that particular moment you had to do. And now you'll go forward into the court system and into the penal system. And, you know, whether there's a financial cost to you, certainly there's a spiritual cost and a psychological cost. And people are going to grieve for you as you'll mm-hmm. grieve for yourself. Yeah. And that's just but a here's small, the question. you know. Here's the question, John. What are you listening to? What are we all listening to that's determining how we see things and the decisions that we make. I mean, that has to be the part that we're responsible for, right? So if you're listening and you're, if you've limited yourself to an echo chamber of people who agree with you and think the same way you do and just tell you everything that you want to hear and, and see things, or see the world the same through the same lens that you do, if you're going to limit yourself to that, then you're going to succumb to whatever group think evolved. You know, that's the way it is. That is the way well, think, it is. 
So all, you know, so we're, all we're, the tragedies that, that you're right? talking about, all those tragedies that you're talking about are real. And those are horror stories, but they should also be cautionary tales to the rest of us. That you don't, none of us want to end up at an end point that looks anything like last Wednesday. And we don't have to do that because we can stop what we're ingesting before we get to that place. Okay, I get that. That's an excellent point, right? But, you know, we are all of us, uh, all of us guilty, uh, is guilty of their own echo chamber, right? Uh, um, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, if you're watching Fox, if you're uh, watching CNN, if you're reading, you know, whatever. Uh, and I guess it goes back to my earlier point too, Kath. Right. So is the, the church an echo chamber? As we call well, ourselves brothers be. and sisters? So, okay. So if there, if we're all, of course, in echo chambers, what I'm saying is I want to urge people to get out of theirs. To read, if you only are in an evangelical echo chamber, go read something written by a Catholic. If you're a Catholic in an echo chamber, go read something written by a, an evangelical. Read people who are who, who are from another political party than you. Read from another another news source than you normally read from. I mean, I think the New York Times is crazy more than half of the time. But I look at the New York Times every day. It doesn't hurt me. I don't feel polluted by it, right? But it just helps me to see that there are different perspectives on the same issue. Yeah. I just I think it has to be a commitment for us, for people of goodwill, people who follow Jesus and want to be reasonable in the world, to just hear what other people are saying. I guess what I've been thinking about is whenever I saw the passion, when you when – you, your own passion or, you know, those passions that we witnessed last week, we all fall so far short that if we all had that same passion for our Savior. Yeah, for something good. We all, right? Yeah. If we all, I mean, no, no. Because what happened last week, people, people believe that they're doing good, right? Their political passions, people are involved in their political passions because they believe that there's goodness there. But there's only one who is good. And so I see that. I see that our, we've abdicated our passions for something that's so temporal, yes, that's yes. something that's so man-made, yes, that is a mist, a vanish. And we've right. lost our focus on the eternal. Yes, yes, yes. My heart grieves for that. And it's a, a gut check for myself. Don't get lost. Stay close yep. to the Lord. Be in prayer. Submit yourself. Humble Open yourself. Open your mind. Listen to Pray. different people. Yes. So look, we're saying here, we are happy that you're with us, but we are not a political talk show. We are a Christ-centered show, whatever that might mean, that phrase, which in many ways I often hear that night, you know, I scoff, but I get it. It is Christ-centeredness. And if we are to be that in our fallenness, our sinfulness, our ridiculousness, our anger, our fear, our resentment, our finger-pointing, and our brokenness, in our humility, in our love and kindness, it is, has to be, if you call yourself a believer, it has to be Jesus first above all things. It has to be. And as fun. much as we're not a political talk show, part of our uh, sanctification is we have to learn to do politics well. This is what our task is. All right. Listen, uh, as you listen to us today, obviously you can hear we're having, we sound like we're inside of a cereal box. That's Cap says. 
and we apologize for that. It's just where we are, you know, in this crazy COVID world we're living in still. From our spare rooms, we're talking on the phone. Uh, should we take a break? Uh, do we uh, go? Do we dare go to yeah. Washington, D.C.? Okay, Mike's giving us a thumbs up. All right, let's take okay. a break. This is Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. You're listening to The Ride Home. It's John and Kathy here on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. WORD. Children who trust Christ at an early age still have a long spiritual journey ahead. Here's Chap Bettis. There will be a time when they need to become convinced. Uh, whether Sometimes it's through trials, sometimes it's, it's through intellectual questioning, but where they're saying, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Being disciple-making parents. Next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. And suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction. The hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you Owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. I consider not only my team members, but my patients, my family, and I miss them for quite a few months. Stock Family Dentistry would like to say, welcome back. One of the biggest blessings I have received is to be able to use my talents and my passion to serve my community through our dental office. And I'm proud to say that we're doing it in a very safe way. We're finally back up to full speed. It's nice to be back with family. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Our military service members volunteer to protect us in the most dangerous places around the world. They step up. And when they are severely ill or injured, returning to their families is only the beginning of their long road home. Beyond all the hospitals and doctors and surgeries they need just to survive, they also deserve whatever they need to truly live. 
all the in-home care and day-to-day help they need to live independently on their own terms. Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs were established to provide these brave men and women whatever they need to continue their fight for independence at no cost for life. So many of them need us, and it's time for a grateful nation to step up. Find out how you can do your part at findwwp.org. She's nine years old with curly brown hair. She watches out her window, just waiting for a family to love her. Maybe you're the one called to adopt her, or maybe you aren't. Maybe you're the one called to help the family who does. Adopting is a tough time of transition and sometimes trauma, but there are ways you can help. Do yard work, cook some meals, or help around the house. Offer mom and dad a date night. Maybe you can be a mentor or friend to the newly adopted child. Just some ideas to get you started. Maybe you aren't called to adopt, but you can help those who do. Pray and see what God shows you. You could be part of adoption in a whole new way. Go to icareaboutorphans.org for more ideas. icareaboutorphans.org. A message from Focus on the Family. Your potential customers are at home right now. Are you there with them? In these uncertain times, the investment you made in digital marketing is really paying off. Thanks to Salem Surround, you're on page one of the search engines. Your online reputation is five-star. Your digital presence is accurate, and you're everywhere. Oh, wait, you're not? You don't have an effective digital marketing strategy? It's not too late. Contact Salem Surround for help. We deliver prescriptive marketing solutions to communicate with your current and future customers that not only meet your needs, but exceed your expectations. Salem Surround can help you with digital marketing during these difficult times and beyond. Total market saturation with increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers we start off the week by going to the white house where greg clugston joins us greg clugston is the srn news white house correspondent greg always a pleasure because nation's capital it's a calm sleepy place now is it not (laughs) hello john hi kathy always good to be with you Thank yeah, you, this is turning out to be a real pivotal point um, in in our country's history, it would seem, because of the events of last week and what's in potentially what's in store in the coming days and weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, Greg, we need to apologize to you and, of course, to all our listeners. They're probably thinking, why did why did John and Kathy and Greg sound like they're so far away? Well, listen, we've got a little bit of technical difficulty happening at the station right now. Hopefully, we'll resolve that as soon as is humanly possible. Till now, we're just happy to be talking to um, talking to Greg. Um, via phone. All right. So the president now has been banned from Facebook and Twitter. Uh, There was a rumor going around this afternoon he was going to uh, make an address to the country uh, televised this afternoon. Greg, that didn't happen. Um, How is the president communicating? Or is he? Well, he hasn't yet today. There was nothing officially on his public schedule today, although you're right. We had heard that there there may have been remarks planned, and they still could be yet late this afternoon or early this evening. Uh, but we have not heard directly from the president today. And his his preferred method of 
communication, social media, particularly Twitter, is no longer an option for him, although the White House official Twitter page, it's a government account, is still uh, live and up and running, um, although obviously Twitter is monitoring that. And he does have an operational press office if he needs to uh, get a statement released or uh, logistics information relayed to the White House press corps to you know, record an event uh, if he is to give remarks. So he still has options out there, but obviously uh, he has been hampered in terms of what he usually has enjoyed here as a president, but also uh, for many years leading up to being in the White House on social media. Yes. So, Greg, let's talk about uh, the electorate and what happened today. Of course, uh, we're all following along. There was a, a move underfoot for uh, President Trump, or for President, uh, Vice President Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment. There's also talk from the uh, Pelosi corner about impeachment, and Democrats are on board with that. Uh, where do things stand? Right. So um, all of these things are, are sort of in play, and what House Democratic leaders have done has sort of lined them up in order, John. And the first thing that they were essentially doing was calling on the president to resign based on um, what uh, what happened last week and what uh, Democrats and, to be honest, um, a, a number of Republicans, not only members of Congress, but members of, of the public uh, who are conservative and who are Republican, um, who were very um, unhappy uh, with how the president uh, responded to, both led up to and then responded to the events of, of the Capitol assault last week. And so, uh, barring uh, you know, a resignation from the president, which seems unlikely. The House leaders then are putting pressure on the vice president and, and the cabinet uh, to invoke the 25th Amendment, which would require the vice president and a majority of the cabinet members uh, to uh, vote to make a move to force the president out of office. And if that doesn't uh, happen, and again, that option is probably also unlikely at this point, then the House Democrats are prepared to uh, to move forward on an expedited basis with an impeachment of the president for the second time in 13 months, remarkably. And that, that could begin as early as Wednesday is what we're hearing. And we're hearing, based on a draft article of impeachment, that it would be a single charge of incitement of insurrection based uh, particularly on what he was saying at that rally last Wednesday before the violence erupted. Right. Okay, Greg. So, um, I mean, it's odd timing-wise because obviously the inauguration is next Wednesday. Am I right in thinking that that the House and Senate could pursue issues related to impeachment even after the president's no longer in office? That does seem to be the case. and it hasn't ever happened with a president before, but it has happened with other officials um, many decades ago. For example, like a, a former what would now be sort of a war secretary or a defense chief. Uh, mm-hmm. That did happen. Um, so there is, there is sort of a precedent for that. What, what is shaping up, Kathy, right now is that the House can, can move um, – without having its normal hearings and things, they can just schedule a a vote and and have a simple majority on a House floor vote. And House members are being called back to Washington, D.C. by tomorrow night to be in place on Wednesday if this vote goes forward. Um, And it's very likely that there will be enough votes, not just from Democrats, but there could be any number of Republicans who who sign Mm -hmm. on 
as well. And even if there aren't, uh, and, and there's, there's solidarity with the Democrats, there could be, um, as soon as I said, as Wednesday, and another actual impeachment vote. And, it, and as we remember from just last year, what happens then is once that impeachment um, paperwork is delivered to the Senate, the Senate the following day has to begin a Senate trial. Uh, or at least it has to begin the process of moving toward that trial, and it has to be the top priority. So the calendar, you're right, is very problematic in, in, in some ways in terms of following that expected pattern. There were some suggestions that the House could vote before the inauguration and then delay um, delivering it to the Senate, which would mean that the Senate trial wouldn't begin until after Biden is in office and some appointments for the cabinet could be uh, could be made, but uh, th that sort of goes that sort of cuts against the democratic argument that the president is potentially dangerous and should be right, removed right. from office. So obviously the timing on this is all very very fluid right now and potentially problematic for moving forward. But it does look like an impeachment vote is going to happen sometime this week. Mm -hmm. So Greg, go back then to uh, the uh, the impeachment charge, the incitement of violence. Now, I'm sure, you know, of course, none of us are legal scholars here, but there are, are, are arguments, I think, probably on both sides. People would say, well, now, did the president actually say go down there and do X? Apparently, the Democrats are comfortable enough to legally move that forward. Right. And as we've learned with not just the, uh, the impeachment of a year ago, but uh, back during the Clinton administration, there are, are politics involved. There is uh, the review of language and how all of that plays out. Um, you know, with the Ukraine call, for example, that the president had made that was the subject of, of the impeachment, uh, the, the idea of how that was looked at, that conversation, how it was uh, perceived, often depended on your political standpoint. Uh, and, and sometimes that was the case uh, in some part with Bill Clinton as well. So I, that's going to be the case again. There are a number of people that are looking over the speech that the president gave last Wednesday prior, uh, prior to the march on and the, and the assault on the Capitol, where um, not only did the president um, encourage there to be strength versus weakness and to fight back and to, uh, right, you know, right. uh, all those words. And also the, the specific language that he used as he continued to claim that he won in a landslide, that the election was stolen. What's interesting is um, in all of those lawsuits that took place after Election Day in a lot of the states, the battleground states, including Pennsylvania, and, and these were lawsuits that we've all talked about here on this program. Um, those lawsuits claimed a lot of things, but they never claimed outright a stealing of the election, even though that's what the, the rally cry has been from the president and his allies. So all of that is being you know, looked at in terms of, of the vocabulary and the language used by the president. The Democrats, as you said, John, they apparently feel comfortable in moving forward based on that. Greg Clexton with us, uh, SRN News White House correspondent. We're speaking to Greg via our cell phones. We've got some technical difficulties that we're trying to resolve. Um, Greg is in Washington. All right, Greg, so um, former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund says that he requested the National Guard be placed on standby in the days before the riot at the Capitol, but he was turned down by House and Senate security officials. Uh, what do we know about that? 
Well, first of all, we know that this uh, this police chief, the Capitol, U.S. Capitol Police Chief, and the two House and Senate security leaders, the sergeant at arms in both the House and Senate, they're all out of a job now. Uh, they have uh, they've been they've stepped down and or were fired. I mean, it was going to be one or the other. Um, but yes, we are hearing from the, the former Capitol Police Chief saying that uh, he was increasingly concerned about what they were hearing about the size of the crowd and the types of demonstrations and protests and and disruption that might happen in Washington. Because if you remember, there were already two prior rallies since Election Day in Washington. So we got a flavor of some Mm, of the types of people that were going to be coming. And certainly there was nothing like what we saw last week, um, uh, Wednesday at the Capitol. But there were clashes uh, with counter-protesters at those earlier events and with uh, with law enforcement. And so this Capitol Police chief went to, for example, the House Senate uh, uh, Sergeant-at-Arms and uh, the Senate Sergeant-at-Arms and said, look, I think we need to, um, you know, have the National Guard perhaps in place uh, preemptively. And what he says he was told in response was that was not that's not really a good look to sort of presume that there was going to be this big calamity and have sort of a military uh, military look on that day. Uh, but as as we've since learned, um, the Capitol Police were simply overwhelmed by the crowd that took over the Capitol last week. I see. So, Greg, speaking of crowds, uh, the inauguration it will go forward as scheduled next Wednesday, the 20th of January. Um, I read that the, uh, the mayor of Washington, D.C., has asked for a preemptive emergency status for the District of Columbia. Don't come to, D- to D.C. Stay away for the inauguration. Uh, this will certainly be a different look next Wednesday than it was last week. Yeah, it, it really will. There's also been um, authorization as of today of up to 15,000 National Guard troops to be in place as early as this weekend because there are, are rumors and um, indications that some of the uh, demonstrations and, and disruptions could start taking place as early as Saturday. Also, uh, the Washington Monument has been closed by the National Park Service as a precaution and will remain closed until four days after the inauguration. There was an FBI internal bulletin that has gone out to, uh, to talk about concern about not only potential attacks here in Washington surrounding the inauguration, but in all 50 state capitals across the country. So the entire country is going to be on alert, especially in capital cities, including the nation's capital. And that's why I was you know, mentioning at the very beginning that we uh, potentially are at a, at a pivotal point in our country's history with, uh, with the threat of, of violence and, and uh, severe, severe disruption. Wow. All right, Greg, last question for you. We want to thank you for staying with us so long today. Um, you know, one of the hallmarks of our, of our Republican democracy is the orderly transfer of power, and we've all been able to watch that happen, you know, every uh, inauguration day that I can remember. So what will the visual be like? Will the, will the inauguration still happen outside? Um, what kind of – I'm sure there are all sorts of, of security issues related to that versus it happening inside just being televised? Right. As of right now, Kathy, the plan is to still go ahead and have the outdoor swearing-in ceremony, as we have seen 
in recent years. And there is a, a large platform, a stage that has been, and it's still under construction there on the west front of the Capitol. In fact, some of the pictures of the people who were invading the Capitol last week had, were climbing scaffolding and some of that staging area. Uh, that's exactly where they were last Wednesday. And next Wednesday, that is to be the point where Joe Biden is sworn in. Now, if, if the events, uh, if warnings or threats uh, per, if, if they accelerate in the in, in the incoming days, and, the, and federal authorities and security and police say that uh, it would not be safe to to conduct that outside, I I guess that there could be a change at the last minute. But as of now, it is going to move forward with a limited media. Uh, presence there to uh, to record and report on the event, but not the usual crowd filling up the Capitol grounds and the National Mall like we've seen in recent years. Well, Greg, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, I, I know you have to be overwhelmed by the busyness of where you are in the nation's capital. We always appreciate you taking time for the clarity and wisdom that you have to offer. You're very welcome. Thanks, John. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. Information about Greg and Salem Radio Network, wordfm.com. Take a quick break. Come back. We're just getting underway. Over the phone here, the um, Alexander Graham Bell edition of The Ride Home with John and Cavi. My dad and I's faith-focused mortgage team has been telling our story to the best Christian radio audiences across the country for a while now. We've gotten to take care of thousands of families, and these are some messages some of those families were nice enough to leave with their radio station. I thought, you know what, I'm going to give Ryan a call just to see if it makes sense. Interest rates had fallen so drastically that we were able to save hundreds of additional dollars off of our mortgage. So it's been such a blessing to our family in this time of when the pandemic has hit us hard. And it just was a reminder that God can work in little ways, even like a refi. They make it so simple and easy. It's just always such a joy to talk to them. You can tell that they just love what they do and that they're just excited. They have the same values as us. We knew we could trust them. It was just a great experience all around. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. I'm number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License Number 22672. It's long. Over a thousand chapters. Over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the Northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
Every couple has a great story. How you met, how you married, how you made it through. We want to hear yours. Word FM and Trinity Jewelers celebrate wedding stories now through February 12th. Just go to wordfm.com and click the wedding stories banner to share a funny, moving, or inspirational story of your own. John and Kathy will share the best on air from 4 to 6 p.m. You can win dinner on us, an overnight stay, or the grand prize will reveal very soon. Wedding Stories, presented by Word FM and Trinity Jewelers. Enter now at wordfm.com slash contests. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app by heart, tune in, and at radio.com. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight with a low of 24. Partly sunny tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 37. Patchy clouds expected tomorrow night with a low of 29. Wednesday, we'll see periods of clouds and sunshine. Wednesday, expect a high of 44. Considerable clouds Wednesday night with a low of 33. Cloudy skies Thursday with a high of 45. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Hey, greetings. Welcome. We are uh, back up and running, apparently, uh, on the broadcast. Uh, the, the first portion of the show was over the phone, which uh, it's a first, I think, for us, Kath. I don't know if we've ever done that before. Right. You remember the Union Trust Building downtown? Sure, I love the Union right? Trust Building. Remember the phone booths in the lobby? Oh, my remember? gosh. They were... Oh, yes. I mean... They made you feel super important. That was almost, you know, magisterial. You were oh, sitting it was. in these oh my gosh. Beautiful wooden yes. boxes, dark wood. Oh, now, I bet love you there was things. There probably was at least ten of them in a row, right? With those heavy duty folding glass doors. When you were in the phone there, you felt like something big was about to happen. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Whatever business you were conducting was like top right. shelf. Meanwhile, I was just calling my mom because I was lost. <laughs> That's all. Okay, so that was an interesting conversation with Greg Clugston, who is the nation's capital. Look, um, nine days until the inauguration and all these political machinations that are going on right now. And holy smokes, they're talking about censure. They're talking about, you know, resignation. They're talking about impeachment. I I mean, all, all that, all that and more within nine days. I mean, right. certainly we live in a hyper society, but right. this is the hyperest of hypiest we've ever been. I think so. I think so. And, you know, I have to be honest, I feel like, uh, and again, I'm going to insert my political opinion in here. Um, if, if the Democrats had not been so ridiculous in their initial impeachment of the president, then Bingo. I think this one would probably get more support. Oh, I agree. Um, so that's their own silly fault yes. uh what they put the country through in that regard um whereas i think this issue is way more serious and carries much more weight and um but they have they have diluted their message uh at this point which you know is a shame for all of america um so but it does look like just numerically speaking um unless something happens that on wednesday it looks likely the president will be impeached again Who knows? The whole thing makes you so mad you just want to swear. However, we're going to talk with Karen Swallow Pryor in just a few minutes. Stay with us. We're going to break away the real problem with four-letter words. That's next on The Ride Home here on Word FM.
101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. My pillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium my pillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD, or you can call one 800 391 You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com, but by calling right now at 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD, you'll get yours soon. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at BoozBugStoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Boo's Bug Stoppers at BoozBugStoppers.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. If you are a caregiver for a family member or loved one, this is an important message. Help at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, will pay you to take care of your family member or loved one. Yes, you heard that right. You can actually get paid to provide care to those you love. To learn more, contact Help at Home today and get started right now. Care and quality when you need it. Call Help at Home, 412-212-8950. 412-212-8950. So now we've been talking about the coarsening of America. What it is to live in the In every world. way. Yes, it is the coarsening, right? And, and to say that in many ways almost feels quaint when you look at who we are and uh, how we talk and engage with each other, especially on social media. But Karen Swallow Pryor is with us. Karen joins us from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. She is the author of several excellent works. Her latest is called On Reading Well, Finding the Good Life Through Great Literature. But here today to talk to us about a piece that she wrote about the real problem with four-letter words. Karen, friend, welcome back. Hey, it's great to be back with you guys. Yeah, we haven't talked to you in a long time, Karen. There hasn't been much going on in the world, so I don't know what we'd talk about anyway. But yeah, I know. <laughs> aside from all current events, um, 
when I hang out on Twitter, I am constantly, Karen, surprised at the kind of language that I see on there. And then I think, okay, well, you know, I'm over 50. So maybe that's the first problem, right? Is that I don't under, but sec- then I think, now, wait a minute. So what, who does, who were the gatekeepers that decided that when I was a kid, there were certain words that couldn't be said. And those gatekeepers, what retired and they were replaced by other people that were like, yeah, I don't care. I would say whatever you want. Yeah, it's strange. You know, I've been on Twitter a long time, but it was only probably in the past year or two when I started noticing that there was, I I think I used to think the swear words were blips and they kind of got through, but now I realize that they are entirely permitted on there and no one is stopping them. And I guess I'm old like you, Kathy. I remember the days when, when such things weren't allowed in public communications. Right. So Karen, um, Talk about, because in your piece, you kind of break down swearing, which has become, as you and Kath are saying, pretty much mainstream. But you talk about three different kinds of curse words. Yeah, well, of course, you know, as as an English teacher and a word person, um, I have thought about curse words a lot. (laughs) Um, You know, we read works of literature that have curse words now and then. Um, And so it's something I've, you know, I've had to work through with students. And so... um, so we've we've talked about for years. I've I've talked to my students about encountering swear words in literature, and I think our culture, our sort of Victorian um, infused culture, thinks of certain swear words as being more offensive than other ones. Um, but what I try to to explain to my students and talked about in this article is that the two major categories of curse traditional curse words are obscenity and profanity and um, profanity takes the Lord's name in vain or also his judgments and his, you know, his powers. And then the obscenities, uh, actually that's a word that in, in Greek, uh, in Greek literature and the classical tradition just meant against the scene. They were things that would not be included in the scene in a play uh, because they were considered like distracting and, and not part of the action. And those are the human actions. Um, and so oftentimes we can take offense at a very crude sexual term, and yet we how often do we see the Lord's name taken in vain, even in just sort of cutesy slang ways? And I think, you know, we have to think about which really is more offensive to a Christian. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but it bears the question, why, why do we do that? Why are we, why are we tempted to do it? To do what? Swear? Yeah. You know, and and I actually, after teaching, you know, the the different categories of the meanings of the terms and so forth, when I was writing this article, I had to do more research. And (laughs) it was really fascinating because they actually have done a lot of research on, you know, sort of the the brain regions that are used when we swear, which are different ones than with regular language. Um, Actually, they say that the sort of involuntary swearing that we might do, like if we (laughs) drop something on our foot or something, is activates an area of the brain that is similar to when an animal is reacts in fear or defensiveness. And, and it's different from when we are using words. And then there's actually an effect that, that swearing can have. Uh, I heard a, a program this summer actually on NPR talking about how if we are in pain, the swearing actually can reduce the pain somewhat. Um, and so there are, you know, there are reasons that we use swear words that are, um, you know, we, we choose to, and we perhaps should not. 
but then there are involuntary ways that we use them that are use a different part of the brain and actually can cause relief. Um, that doesn't mean that it's you know it's not it's still it's still a mark of sin, still a part of our fallen world because we wouldn't be feeling pain if we weren't in a fallen world. So it's kind of all connected to our fallenness in that way. Right. So, Karen, uh, the judgment that was rendered against John by his uh, children and family after he hit his head on the uh, on the low hanging basement. Are you speaking of me? I thought you were talking about the Gospel of John. And uh, and the the resulting language that spewed forth. You're saying that perhaps if he just explained that it lessened his pain, that that would kind of smooth things over. There's a lot to be said about that. I'm telling you, when, when you do. Right. I mean, there is a release. There is a, a psychological release when you do. Of course, there's also a mess to clean up as well. If others have been, you know, occasion to that mess. Well, what's interesting is my research also found that that kind of effectiveness, like like that re- that relief that we do feel when we have yes. that exclamation, is reduced if we do it too much. So. There's a little corrective there. So. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, that's very good. All right, so Karen, th- there is swearing in the Bible, though, isn't there? Right, You've talked about this. Well, of course, we, I mean, the, the terms we use are so so different. So we use the word curse, we use swear. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think in the Bible, it would be most correct to talk about the coarse language, because there, there's a lot of different coarse language or vulgar terms. And but they aren't necessarily, it's so funny because some words are that way, but we don't call them curse words. We, we, that's, that's ever-changing. But the Bible certainly uses harsh terms um, in appropriate places, like the King James Bible uses, um, you know, talks about dung a lot. And uh, even Paul, I, I mentioned this in the article, when he talks about um how he treasures his salvation and everything else that he had before his salvation was rubbish is a term that, you know, one of the translations, but um, it's actually in the original Greek is a term that's much coarser than most of us would be comfortable reading in our Bibles. Mm. So, all right, Karen, our time's almost up, but let me just say that, that the gist, I think, of what I learned from your article is that we should much be much more zealous for the things of God, for the name of God, and maybe a little less uh, Victorian in our, um, uh, in our judgments of people in regard to just general obscenity. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that I think we do have our. I, I you know, I'm not mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. using any no. of the swear words, so but but we we need to be careful not to take to give offense. And there are lots of ways we can do that, and and that's what we should guard against. No wait, Karen. I'm sorry. You, you have to go double back because we lost you. There was a big blip there. P- please state that again. Oh, yeah, so answer. Yeah. Oh, okay. I th- I think that we just need to understand that all of these words, no matter what category they are in, can be offensive, and we do not want to offend other people around mm-hmm. us, and we certainly don't want to offend God. Amen to that. Got That's it. really all good. Right. Hey, Karen, good to hear from you again. Yeah, it's Karen. A long time. Great to hear you guys. Yeah, keep going on, Karen, on because you really got it. I mean, Me you know, you're a force out there. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Take a break. Come back. Karen Swallow okay. Pryor. We love her. Joe is sort of uh, mirroring the times all over the shop. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. 
The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. And now you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. My pillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium my pillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD, or you can call 1-800-391-0954. You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com, but by calling right now at 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD, you'll get yours soon. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. a very active wedding day and um the morning of uh, my marriage i almost ran my wife over uh with our car <laughs> i almost backed over her i <laughs> would have made for a bad a bad day <laughs> yes save for the shrieking of the maid of honor i would still be a bachelor and, and maybe in jail <laughs> listen uh every couple has a wedding story that's one of mine. And we want to know yours. We'll share your story on the ride home with us. And you can win romantic prizes like a getaway to the Buell Mansion and Sharon or a free date at your favorite restaurant sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. Go to our homepage, wordfm.com. You will see the wedding story banner at the top of the page and uh, include yours. Write yourself uh, write a little uh, story and we're going to choose a couple of the good ones and uh, it looks like a lot of fun. People have already joined in. Lots of entries already, so uh, don't delay. Wordfm.com. 
Kath, how was your, without a hitch on your wedding day? Oh, no, it, it was absolutely torrential rain. Mm, lovely. I mean, not just like little, you know, pitter patter, yeah. but like, like somewhere. You know, yeah. Full out storm. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I took it in stride. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right. Yeah. So, so your wedding photos, they, they weren't like somewhere outside. You know? No, of course they weren't. Now here, here was a great thing though. Um, how about when I uh, got, I walked down the aisle uh, with my father and got to the end and my veil fell off. That's symbolic in some way. <laughs> it wasn't that I, they were trying, I didn't even have the, the part over my face. Yeah. You know, I didn't have. I, it just fell it, off. I and you know why it fell off? Mm. Because I made it myself. Because I was so intent on saving money, I thought, "How how hard oh, can it yeah. veil me? Like I can totally make that." You so I money? made one, and it was terrible. Nice. How much did a bobby pin cost? Yeah, exactly. One hundred one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying "Play the Word Pittsburgh," and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Democrats say the House will consider the impeachment of President Trump on Wednesday, one week after riots in the nation's capital. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer told Democrats on a call that members should plan to return to Washington on Tuesday evening to consider a House resolution calling on Vice President Mike Pence to invoke a constitutional authority to remove Trump from office. That resolution is expected to pass, but Pence is unlikely to act. Hoyer says the House will then consider impeachment on Wednesday. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves signing a bill that gives the state a new flag that has a magnolia and that no longer carries the Confederate battle emblem. On Wall Street today, stocks closing lower. The Dow dropped 89 points. The Nasdaq off 165, and the S&P fell 25. This is SRN News. The first woman, Eve, was created on the sixth day of the creation week, just as was Adam. But whereas God created Adam directly out of the dust of the ground, Eve was created out of a rib of Adam. Most people smile at what they consider a quaint, however fabled, story of woman's creation. But again, those who believe in the Bible as God's word believe that the special creation of Adam's wife is not fiction, but fact. God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. While Adam slept, God created a woman out of the rib of Adam. He then took the woman to Adam, and they became man and wife. Eve was bone of Adam's bone and flesh of his flesh. At this time, God ordained the institution of marriage. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church. For various pamphlets on this subject, check out prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811 preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's OnePlace. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. 
Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life & Legacy show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life & Legacy show. Every couple has a great story. How you met, how you married, how you made it through. We want to hear yours. Word FM and Trinity Jewelers celebrate wedding stories now through February 12th. Just go to wordfm.com and click the wedding stories banner to share a funny, moving, or inspirational story of your own. John and Kathy will share the best on air from 4 to 6 p.m. You can win dinner on us, an overnight stay, or the grand prize will reveal very soon. Wedding stories presented by Word FM and Trinity Jewelers. Enter now at wordfm.com slash contests. Last Labor Day, Greg Laurie premiered an online cinematic crusade called A Rush of Hope. People would comment on my social media. I loved it. I watched it five, six, seven, eight times and then wanting to share it with friends. But now you can watch it whenever you want because A Rush of Hope is on DVD. And also we have a downloadable version. And so we want to send a special copy for your gift of any size. Available at harvest.org. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight with a low of 24. Partly sunny tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 37. Patchy clouds expected tomorrow night with a low of 29. Wednesday, we'll see periods of clouds and sunshine. Wednesday, expect a high of 44. Considerable clouds Wednesday night with a low of 33. Cloudy skies Thursday with a high of 45. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It's Monday. We're in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. The nation's capital is under siege. The president of the United States may be impeached for the second times, and the Steelers stink. That's the update here on The Ride Home. (laughs) Happy Monday to you. Uh... Holy moly. Yeah, good to see you. How are things? Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. For those of you that were with us in the four o'clock hour and heard the uh, difficulty we were having with technology, I'm happy to tell you that is over. And uh, we can now hear one another again, hear Mike again, and hopefully you can hear us again. Very but nice. if you missed any of the four o'clock hour, especially our conversation with Greg Clugston today from Live from the Nation's Capital, which was excellent as um, all of his reporting is, uh, you can uh, contact our podcast wherever you download your podcast. Okay, very, very good indeed. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about any number of those things, uh, the pandemic, the nation's capital, the stinky stealers and all that. But let's put it under... Uh, the microscope and uh for the first time ever please uh, kath give us the top five at five all right john mike from monday january 11th 2021 republicans blocked house democrats first efforts to remove president trump from office according to the wall street journal as lawmakers pressed ahead with further measures against mr trump during the last full week of his presidency Democrats today attempted to pass by unanimous consent a resolution calling for VP Mike Pence to use the 25th Amendment to remove Mr. Trump from office, though it was blocked by Representative Alex Mooney of West Virginia. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said she plans to reconvene the full House for a vote on the resolution. If that's approved and if Mr. Mr. Pence does not act to remove Mr. Trump from office within 24 hours, 
the House will proceed with impeachment. So with just nine days left in Mr. Trump's presidency, many Republican lawmakers said the moves were divisive and urged letting the president just finish out his term. But Democrats said the president has already divided the country. Number two, former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund says he requested that the National Guard be placed on standby in the days before the riot at the Capitol, but that House and Senate security officials turned him down. USA Today is reporting that Sund, who resigned his post the day after the riot, told the Washington Post he had been concerned that the protest planned for January 6th would be larger than expected. But Sund said House and Senate sergeants at arms told him they weren't comfortable with, quote, the optics of declaring an emergency days before the protest. Both have since resigned. Sun said he pleaded for help five more times as the riot unfolded. A crowd of several thousand quickly overran the Capitol Police contingent of 1,400 officers at the scene. Quote, if we would have had the National Guard, we could have held them at bay longer until more officers from our partner agencies could arrive, Sund told the Post. Number three, big tech is using its outsized hammer to quell speech it says is dangerous. The president has been removed from both Facebook and Twitter, along with an unnamed number of supporters. And today, news comes that social media service Parler, where many people banned from the big platforms, took their social media business, vanished just before midnight Sunday Pacific time, when Amazon followed through on its threat to stop hosting it. Parler's effective disappearance came shortly after Apple and Google removed the Parler app from mobile devices in their app stores. And number four, according to the PG, the University of Pittsburgh has told students to stay home, citing a possible surge in COVID-19 infections following the holidays. The university says they will provide at least two weeks notice before they advise students to return to the Oakland campus. Quote, accordingly, the very earliest we will advise that you travel is sometime in the final week of January. And all Pitt students, whether or not you live in university housing, should not travel to the area prior to this time. And number four, Steelers stink. Actually, it's number five. It's your top five at five. I couldn't even count right. I just got overwhelmed by the moment. That's a lot of bad news. Well, as we talked about at the top of the five o'clock or four o'clock hour, happy that we are brothers and sisters in Christ and that we know Christ Jesus, because uh, despite the horrors of this broken and fallen world we are living in, uh, he is in heaven, and uh, his reign lives forever. So that is the good news on a very bleak and dark Monday afternoon. What do you say we take a quick break, come back, we uh, regroup with Jay Warner Wallace. Uh, Jim Wallace is a cold case homicide detective. He's been with us many times in the past. He's got a story to tell about a cold case between his father and himself. We'll also talk about law enforcement in Washington, D.C. That's next, The Ride Home, Pittsburgh Christian Talk. 101.5 WORD. The Word of God. It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. 
Hi, friend. This is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. The Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Squares Sweepstakes is back. It's the largest official game of Super Bowl Squares ever with millions of dollars in prizes. And best of all, it's free to enter. Every score change, someone wins $50,000. Just enter for free at rocketmortgagesquares.com, and it could be you. Touchdowns, field goals, safeties, extra points. Every single score change will draw one lucky winner from the square to win $50,000. Plus, two grand prize winners will win a half a million dollars they could use toward their dream home. One way to enter, two ways to win. See rules and enter for free at rocketmortgagesquares.com. Then tune into the Super Bowl on February 7th to see if you bring home some dough. Rocket Mortgage, official mortgage sponsor of Super Bowl 55. No purchase necessary. Legal residents of the 50 U.S. and D.C. of age of majority. Ends 2-4-2021, 11-59 p.m. Eastern. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. The NFL entities as defined in the official rules have not offered to sponsor this promotion in any way. By now, you've heard me talk about MyPillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. MyPillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium MyPillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium MyPillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD, or you can call one 800 391 You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com. But by calling right now at 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD, you'll get yours soon. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year. With no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. of the events going on in the world. It's always a good day when Jay Warner Wallace is on the ride home. Jay Warner Wallace, Jim, our friend, is a Dateline featured cold case detective, senior fellow at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, adjunct professor of apologetics at Biola. He's a lot of things, isn't he, John? We should treat him with more respect. He's also the author of Cold Case Christianity, God's Crime Scene, and Forensic Faith. Hey, Jim, welcome back. That's why you should never let anyone read your online description of who you are, right? It always sounds better than the truth. So, uh, <laughs> No, no, no. Also, are you saying that it's a good day to have me on because of what happened last night uh, at, at the game, or is it? Hey, hey. Oh, no. I don't no, think listen, you need to bring I'm, that up. I'm mourning with you, okay? I mean, I'm, I've got lots of friends oh. who are huge Pittsburgh fans, and I've kind of been surrounded by them long enough to mm-hmm. to feel the same way. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun for a moment there. I thought maybe they might get back in it, but but uh, we'll see. You know, what are you going to do? Which moment? So, <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure yeah, which moment you're talking no, about. No, no, Jim, but... you know what? 
Here's the deal. A lot of a lot of so-called fans abandon their team in their darkest hour. Which now is, listen, oh, I turned it that's off, Jim, because I was disgusted and I was trying to nope. preserve my emotional health. There's no okay? need for that's that. That's what I did. You well, stay with I your team it. through you know through thick and thin. Yes, I was thinking we were, it was looking good when it was 35-23, and then I was uh, couldn't. Uh, yeah, no. I know. I turned it back on at that point because John yeah, made me, and then I regretted it. I was, I was and then I went back to the, my I went back to my Amazon drama. That's right. I was hopeful to the very next uh, Cleveland touchdown, and I thought, oh, that's too bad. All right. Anyway, we talked enough about that. <laughs> anyway, thank you. We have. All right. Okay. So, Jim, we, we want to talk about a couple of things with you today, but, you know, I want to talk about uh, what happened in D.C. last week as far as policing. That's down the road. But, you know, you sure. posted a piece last week, and, you know, we first met you because you were a cold case homicide detective. You still are, yeah. as a matter of fact, for many, many decades. Now, your your father, he was also a police officer and involved in a case that really yeah. is odd because you picked this your father had fingerprints on this case, and then decades later, you pick up the same thread. Yeah, we our agency, you know, was was uh, it's not uncommon that you uh, keep a record of all the unsolved mysteries that you have in your agency. But you don't ever get a chance to work those. They're like like collateral duties. So your your homicide team is like overwhelmed with their regular work, and so you're really going to pick up a case from 30 years ago. But but I had one that I remember hearing about as a kid because it was a kind of a cautionary tale. I was about 10 years old myself when this 10 year old girl named Terry Lynn Hollis was kidnapped from our city, and uh, we, they found her body the next day in one, uh, one county north of us. So, so it, was, um, it was tragic. Um, we, it was horrifying back in 1972. So, I mean, people were really shook mm-hmm. up by it in our community, and it became this tale like, you know, keep your kids inside. We don't know who this was. No clues. And we had over 400 leads that were developed in the first, say, month of the investigation. And back in those days, the investigators wow. would fill out a lead card, you know, a three-by-five card, and they would assign these lead cards to different uh, investigators in our team. And then so I, you know, it was been unsolved. Nobody ever had a clue that read anywhere. Um, family members were suspected. Neighbors were suspected. None of those people were involved. A complete and utter stranger just snatched this poor girl off the street, driving through our town, didn't live anywhere near us, anywhere near our, our, our region of California. And so this happened, you know, it, it does happen that way, but it's scary when it does, right? Typically, we're looking for, uh, I call, you know, the, uh, kind of rings of tangencies, right? Like, like if, they don't, if they aren't related to you, your killer's usually related to you in some way. Either you're dating this guy or you're married to this guy or, or he's a neighbor of you he's in, and he got some physical proximity. I call this the proximity principle. There's some proximity, but if this is a complete stranger who just happened to be driving by and decided to pick on you, that's a hard case to solve, and that's what this case was. Mm. Wow. Okay, yeah, so, so then after was, your father, like it, he's – yeah. So then what happened? I mean, it, it sat cold for decades. Your father had some knowledge of it as well. But then in your capacity as a cold case homicide detective, you picked a threat up. Yeah, it was his case. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to open it first. And so you know, when I first started working cold cases, his, this is the first case I opened because I knew my dad was tortured by it for all those years and he never solved it. So went through all the 400 lead cards and what a mess it was because uh, you know it sat still this is probably mm-hmm. 2000 2001 and then sat still since 1972 so now we're 30 wow. years into this and, and it, it is a mess it's pulling a lot of property and, or, and i happened to find a swab that was taken at this young girl's autopsy that had been over overlooked and it was sitting in a property box 
usually you're refrigerating these things, you know, they're in places, but no, it was sitting in the property box for 30 years, but guess what? It had not deteriorated. We had DNA on that from the killer and we submitted it and no luck. And it sat in 17 years. I think it sat in our databases before they developed the technology to use ancestry relationships in DNA, which you've heard a lot about. And those, so if you were to submit uh, your DNA to find out who your father was, because you've never known your father, or to find out all your family members or your genealogy, uh, well, it turns out that there are some open source uh, DNA uh, for that kind of purpose. And people who submit to those open source, they they are you could actually use those data, that data, to connect the dots. And you might find, well, I don't know who this guy is by his DNA, but guess what? I've got somebody on the database who looks a lot like his daughter. Well, then really? you can go out and knock so on someone's door. So then that's what door. happened. That's exactly so like what Ancestry.com or something, you know, that open yes. source, you went back in right. and reconnected. That's right. And so we were able to identify who he was. And sadly, he had died about, I think, about 12 months before I first reopened the case. And the for killer. 17 years, we didn't know he had died. So the killer had been dead all that time. We actually exhumed his body to check the DNA. And sure enough, it was a match. And so we, we, we didn't we solve the case. Um, and we closed the case, but we didn't get justice in the case. And that's why I think it's hard for families. Oh, I can't uh, imagine how hard knew. that would be for families. Oh, yeah. It, it was terrible. And so I only brought it up because um, they, Dateline did a web special on it last week, and they called me and said, hey, we're going to put this on the web. And so um, I knew we had done some filming back when we made the database connection, and so they finally um, posted it. And so that's how it, it, it came up again. But a lot of these cases, you know, I, all my cases are in that range of like 18 to 35 years old. They're right in that range. So a lot of years go by before you actually get closure on them. Or saw, I shouldn't say closure. I don't believe in closure. But you, you solve them, and you get to close the case, although there's, no, ever, there's never any closure for a family. Uh, we use that word. I don't know why we use it because it, it, it's not really true. But, um, but it was just nice to see, you know, for my dad and for a couple of his partners who happened. My dad's in Texas. I'm in Southern California, so he wasn't able to come out for the press release. But a lot of the local guys who were his age were there for the press release. So I'm sitting next to these guys who have been retired for 30 years. Wow. Wow. And um, they're in tears mm. because this thing finally got that, – that's the kind of impact. It, it scared us as, as a community in 72 to have this kind of crime occur in your town. Sure. Um it was it was shocking, and so uh, people were kind of waiting on bated breath for somebody to eventually solve. And then it just becomes part of the the DNA, kind of the cultural. Everyone knew, yeah, this little girl was kidnapped here in this neighborhood 30 years ago. Um, but now, finally, it's uh, it's solved. Hmm. Jay Werner Wallace with us, cold case homicide investigator and a best-selling author as well. Um, fascinating story. He was just relating about a connection between a case that his father was working on and that Jim worked on and was finally um, solved. But as you said, you know, justice being elusive, you know, it's just, you know, there's no way to, to possibly even come up with words to describe what a family would go through um, in a situation like that, Jim. Is there a connection between the cops that investigate the crime and the family? I mean, what's that relationship like? There can be. It depends on the family and what they want. Um, I've had cases where the family were just really open to being um, – um, kind of almost uh, mentored as well as guided through the closure process on the case. When I say closure, I mean the case is going to be closed. 
Um, so they're open to lots of conversations and what does your worldview tell you about how to handle loss and how to handle evil? And then I've had cases where the family was, um, to be honest, indifferent to, they didn't really care. They had moved on. Um, you think, how can that ever be? How could you ever move on from someone's murder? Well, surprisingly, some families are different and, and they just move on and they don't care if you solve it or not. And then I've had cases where, um, I actually found the killer and the victim's family did not believe that the person I was accusing was the killer. Wow. And so they opposed the, the, the case. They opposed the investigation at every step you know, and made it a lot harder for us to solve the case, even though after convicting the guy, he finally confessed and gave us the details of the crime. So we know we have the right guy. I've had cases like that where the family of the victim never thought it was the right guy, and they were shocked when he finally confessed, and uh, so they were never cooperative with us. So it really depends on the kind of of case you're working. But in those times when families are open to being mentored through this difficult process, amazing things happen. Um, you see uh, families come back to life that have kind of suspended their existence because they have suffered this tragic uh, loss of, uh, and they, they you know, like if it, I had one, for example, where she was killed on the night before Halloween. And so uh, they never celebrated holidays, really, of any significance after that because um, of this proximity to what was, for them, their trick-or-treat holiday, right? That was just who they were. So it, it, it shut down everything. And, and then once it solved, it suddenly everything came back to life. They were able to move on. Uh, so you do have really neat stories. When, when, um, but you know, it all comes down to your worldview, too. Like, do we as Christians working in this profession – want to share our worldview with our victim families. If you are, and if your agency will allow you to, you know, you can't push this, but if they ask and you are able to answer, then you can actually do amazing things with families who are suffering loss. I bet you can. So, Jim, as I hear you speak, I would say that justice really does matter, right? I mean, as certainly as a believer in Jesus Christ, justice is central to our lives. But even within yeah. the court system where it is not about Jesus, it's an important aspect of what it is to be human. Yeah, and I think when families will say, you know, we're looking for closure, I have to say, well, would you settle for justice? Yes. Because I can mm-hmm. get you justice, but I can't get your closure. Because when this is all done, guess what? Your daughter's still going to be missing. And you're still mm-hmm. going to have the same sense of loss and anger. Maybe you'll have somebody you know you can point that anger toward, which isn't going to help you. Uh, so that's why if you can talk about that, that our worldview provides something that most people have struggled with, which is forgiveness. You know what? That, and that forgiveness, of course, is something we are called to offer, but it also has an amazing impact on our own lives. I don't suggest you should forgive because it's all about what it will do for you, but I do think it does something for you when you are in a position where you can forgive others. So, so it is going to come down to uh, what is it you're looking for? I mean, everything, you know how this is. All uh, happiness is based on expectations, right? So if I have an expectation that's too high and it's not achieved, I'll still be unhappy. But if I can get my expectations where it ought to be, then when we solve this case and we take this guy to trial and we could get a conviction, you're going to walk away uh, in a better place than you would have been if you thought, well, I thought I was going to feel better about this, and I don't. Well, of course you don't. Because we can't offer you closure. We can only offer you justice. Jay Warner Wallace is with us, Dateline featured cold case detective and best-selling author of uh, many books, including Cold Case Christianity. Hey, Jim, what do you say we take a break and then we come back and kind of change course and talk to you about um, the riot at the Capitol last week from a cop's perspective? 
Okay, great. Very nice. Jay Werner Wallace, coldcasechristianity.com. You'll find out more about that excellent work. Stick around. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, Word FM. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with plug-in pest-free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest-Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical-free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Across the country, the fall semester of colleges have come to an end. Now, of course, COVID has really affected how colleges teach. Your child maybe have been in college and uh, has had primarily Zoom classes. We're happy to report that Grove City College, where Kath and I have children who have attended, really made a great effort to make sure that most of the students were able to attend in-person classes. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's been a good semester. Our kids have really thrived this semester. We really had great encouragement from the teaching that was online and in person at Grove City College. Now, of course, there were some COVID cases, but not enough to really affect things or shut things down. So Grove City College, if you're thinking about your child for next semester or next year at Grove City College, we'd highly recommend because we know the leadership and the quality, the nature of those who are in leadership at Grove City College. Yeah, and I feel like I can speak well to this, John, because my daughter is one of the people who got COVID-19, and she's a student at Grove City. We had to bring her back um, at the beginning of November, and uh, nothing at all about this entire era is ideal. But I felt like the college did the best that they could in dealing with rising cases. And a lot of students went home, some students stayed. And I think you're right. The prioritization of in-person learning as long as they possibly could is what really made this semester go. That's right. If you're looking for a quality education with Christ-centered in the middle, Grove City College online, gcc.edu. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight with a low of 24. Partly sunny tomorrow, tomorrow's high 37. Patchy clouds expected tomorrow night with a low of 29. Wednesday, we'll see periods of clouds and sunshine. Wednesday, expect a high of 44. Considerable clouds Wednesday night with a low of 33. Cloudy skies Thursday with a high of 45. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Speaking with Jay Warner Wallace, Q 
Jim Wallace is a Dateline featured cold case homicide detective. He's a popular national speaker and best-selling author. Information about Jim, coldcasechristianity.com. So, uh, Jim, looking at the uh, events of last week, of course, there's a million and one stories in this, but I'm looking at videotape this morning and looking at, you know, the mob as they uh, descend upon the nation's capital. And and this is just one of my takes that I I believe in many ways when you see what happened for, for law enforcement who were on the scene, it had to be demoralizing for them to be beset upon by these massive groups of people doing, and these police officers are just doing their job and then being overridden and then told to stand down by their superiors. Can you give us insight into what you saw after the fact? Yeah, it's tough, right? Because a lot of this has been so politicized that I, I often wonder where I can even go to get um, information that I could trust. If I'm honest yeah. with you, I, I just don't know sometimes what, what news source you could even trust, and I wasn't there. So, I, But I'll tell you some general principles in law enforcement that will look kind of maybe help give some understanding to what does happen in that situation. Look, we have what's called a force continuum, right? I think you and I have talked about this before. It's this, how do we, uh, 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 what do we do when we are presented with force against us? How are we to respond to that force? And what kinds of force can we use? And a lot of times, you know, what you're trying to do is to be prepared to use the least amount of force possible to get the outcome you're looking for. That's the, that's the basic principle. And, though, of course, that starts for us in any interaction with our voice. It's my command presence. When I tell you to stop, can I do it in such a way that I can be persuasive? Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. And if you can't, then you're going to go to the next level and that force continue, which might mean having to use your hands. If it doesn't work, you might have to go one level up. In the old days, it'd be using a baton. You know, now it's probably using you know, I don't know uh, pepper spray or whatever else. Maybe you have access to depending on the agency. Next level up might be a taser. Next level up is now you're getting close to deadly force. So what you don't want to do is move to a place where your only selection on the menu in the force continuum is deadly force. I want to be in a position where I can still choose from the entire palette. And, and paint this the way I want to paint it based on a palette that has lots of different colors on it. Now, that's where I want to be. In order to do that in this setting, you have to accurately assess. Like, for example, if I walk in, I'm, I'm a dispatch to a bar fight, and I know there's 15 guys reportedly who are fighting with knives, and I'm the only one-man car being dispatched to that bar fight, odds are pretty good I'm going to be left with less than all the full palette of selections in my force use, right? I'm going to probably have to pull my gun out and deal with 15 guys with knives. So what we're going to do instead is dispatch 20 guys, (laughs) okay? Now, when we all get there as a herd, there's a good chance they're going to say, oh, let's just power this down because we're outnumbered. And now the entire palette is left to us to choose. So for me, I'm thinking what you want to do as an advance of the call, know what the level of force is you're going to be facing. And that's why so much discussion online right now is about, well, how much did they know in advance? Because the reality of it is if we had 1,000 police officers stand in a barricade there in front of the – now your entire use of force is available to you because you physically are are numbered large enough to have a physical presence alone be enough to deter violence. And sometimes you have to do that because you, so that's why assessing what the risk is, assessing what the threat is, that's why we have people do threat assessment, is, is so helpful. What you're really trying to do for the people who are on the, on the ground is, is give them the largest possible choice in their palette of force 
right? Because we don't want to be stuck with, well, now look, I'm not totally outnumbered. I'm getting run over. If I don't pull my gun, I'm going to end up dying. Something crazy right. is going to happen in that setting, right? Because you now eliminated all my choices because I'm outnumbered. So okay, it really so, comes down to so clearly the, they, the, the Capitol Police were in a no-win situation. They didn't have enough support. Uh, the crowd, which was much more uh, determined and set on violence than I think they ever expected. Um, the Washington Post today, Jim, did put together a, an account of just an incredibly harrowing day for the people that were on the Capitol. I mean, reading it is just shocking. Um, and it, you know, there's a video that I think John might have mentioned at the top of this segment on the New York Times site today, which um, a portion of it details a Capitol Police officer pleading with rioters to just, he said, I know you under, I know there are things that are important to you. I know you're trying to defend your family, but I have, I'm defending my family too. And I have to defend this building. This is my job. Yeah. And of course yeah. he was overrun so, by the rioters. That's right. So you see what he's doing there is he's, he knows he's, he knows that, that he's in a situation where if I don't use the, the first level of force, right, which is my voice and, and persuasion, that's where I started with that. If I don't use that, that doesn't work. He knows that the next level, he's so outnumbered, and there's so much risk involved here, is he's going to go to a very, very high level of force if he can't control the situation with the lowest level of force. He's not going to be able to use his fist to, to fight these guys off. He's going to get overrun and beat up. Okay? He's going to have to get to a place where he's got so little left to him in terms of the palette, the, the continuum of force, and that's why this kind of thing happens. So that's why the, the, the way to solve this, we would always say, look, it's situational awareness that keeps victims from being victims, whether that, as soon as that victim is a cop, right, because it, it's about situational awareness. So, so it's really about us saying in advance, do we have enough information? And I'm thinking, you know, just common sense, um, there's enough information probably out there to have a huge police presence, um, just from what I, you know, you just, it's just kind of common sense, using your common sense alone, you probably would think to yourself, well, you look, just given the kind of potential for risk here, and that this is the day that this is going to be decided, this is the day they're going to affirm the ballot count, right? This is the, the day, this is the day, well, then we probably should have a huge, we should probably give our officers the largest selection of force uses. And also, by the way, if your commanding staff comes in and says, okay, well, look, in that force continuum, we're not going to allow you to use E or F, okay, or whatever it may be in your power. Mm-hmm. Sure. And you're going to have to – then you're really you, – you're done. I mean, what can you do then? You can do nothing, right? You're just going to be overrun. Right. So, Jim, in, in all those years of law enforcement, even before you were a believer, whether you knew it or not, I mean, the Holy Spirit has to be with you. I mean, because, I mean, the, the options oftentimes are limited. Uh, the violence, of course, could happen very quickly. It is a deep and dangerous profession. So, boy, oh, boy. I mean, I, I just well, can't you, imagine. Well, you're right about that, John. I mean, I think in the end, you have to have a worldview that says there's something more than the, the 90 years you get on planet Earth. Or, or you're going to find yourself... Um, seriously um, um, uh, frightened of alternatives and paralyzed by your fear. So you have to have a transcendent worldview that says, I know some guys who are not Christians, their view is that I just can't be beaten. I'm just, I, I've got a Superman view. But the reality of it is for a lot of us who are Christians, my view is that this is not all that God has promised me. So I'm going to trust God in this moment. And if this is the day he takes me home, this is the day he takes me home. And have those discussions with your family before you go to work. I'm sure. Hey, Jim, last question for you. This is, this is more like a, more of an ideological question. I'm just wondering how much 
this enters into the mind of police officers, you know, as, as, you know, uh, the riotous group is, you know, kind of storming and pressing into the Capitol, you know, this is the group that ostensibly is, has been supporters of police um, in other protests that have gone on around the country. And uh, the Washington Post article details a a situation where, um, where a guy's carrying a thin blue line flag and uh, he says to the to the to the Capitol Police officer, you know, well, we've supported you and now's your chance to support us. And the cops like you, you can't come in here. And he's like, well, yeah. then you're done. Yeah. I'm so tell you that. How, how I mean, well, that, that's not, first of all, it's nonsensical. But second of all, how, how does a police officer respond to that? Okay, I'm going to tell you the unpopular thing that's true. The more you deal with every day, your job is to go into the nastiest situations where people are the most upset, the most cynical, the most profane, the most um, – I mean that's what you do all the time as a police officer. And at some point you realize that really nobody is in favor of you. I mean Mm. if if they are in favor of you, it's because it's serving their purpose, and you can't really get to that point. I mean as a Christian, I am called to open my heart, not to close it down, right? But the the challenge for all of us as police officers is a sense that – and you wonder, well, why why would police officers have a me versus them attitude? Well, because for the most part, the job forces you in that direction. You can come in. I had an arts degree. I came in as an artist, okay? I had a bachelor's degree in the arts and a master's degree in architecture. At 27, I became a police officer. Trust me. I didn't come in with a cop attitude. I came in with an artist attitude, okay? But you do the job long enough, and at some point you wonder, does anybody care about you? Does anybody really care about law, about order? Or does everyone want the freedom to do whatever they want and use the law to serve their purpose? And you start to kind of question that. And I think that's probably what a lot of cops who are watching this, if nothing else, I doubt many of us are surprised that that scene took place. Right. Well, Jim, God bless you. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Thank you for your service for all those men in blue and uh, all the chaos that they have to endure. Uh, These are dangerous times, so uh, be safe out there. Thanks. I appreciate you guys. That's a really good insight. How about thank you so much? That's Jay Warner Wallace, Dateline featured cold case detective and author of God's Crime Scene. Yeah, check it out. Uh, Coldcasechristianity.com online. Fabulous. I mean, Jim has so many wonderful biblical resources. This is a good man of God. Coldcasechristianity.com. Take a break. Uh, Hey, what are you watching? What are you streaming? We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Stick around. W-O-R-D. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 W-O-R-D. Some home repairs simply can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, or composite. To show their appreciation to word listeners, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this station. 
Get 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. Help at Home, formerly XL Home Care, can provide a warm, family-like environment with a Help at Home caregiver, or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call Help at Home, 412-212-8950, 412-212-8950. The Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Square Sweepstakes is back. Every time the score changes, someone wins $50,000. Plus, two grand prize winners will win a half a million dollars they could use toward their dream home. See rules and enter for free at rocketmortgagesquares.com. Rocket Mortgage, official mortgage sponsor of Super Bowl 55. No purchase necessary. Legal residents of the 50 U.S. and D.C. of age of majority. Ends February 4th. Licensed in all 50 states and MLS number 3030. The NFL is not sponsored promotion in any way. I'm Pastor Tom Hall of First Church Pittsburgh. Like you, I can't wait for this crazy time to be over. But in spite of how things seem, God isn't done with us. Join us at fpcp.org Sundays at 1045. Stream us on Facebook. Let's discover together how this story ends. Hint, Jesus wins. So Wilkinson is with us. She is a film critic that we've been talking to for a long time. Vox.com is where she is right now. Alyssa, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Hope you guys are well, too. Yeah, we're hanging in there, Alyssa. Okay, so you, you and John are the big movie watchers. No. Um, I did do a, uh, I did do a, a uh, Leo marathon over Christmas because what? I'm so mm-hmm. deficient when it comes to movies. So I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Gatsby and uh, what was the old one? The Man in the Iron Mask. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm thinking that a lot of people probably over Christmas when they, you know, maybe had some free time, you know, hit the Netflix and Amazon pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think most people do. I know I did. Um, although, you know, in my free time, I tend to watch a lot of bad old movies as much as I can, since it's not what I get to watch for work. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so what did you watch over the uh, holidays? Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, we watched a lot of Christmas movies, you know, um, which some of them are are better than others. um, And some of them are really good. I hadn't seen uh, Home Alone since I was a kid. So I rewatched that. And that was uh, that was fun, I would say, (laughs) although I was reminded why my parents were a little dubious about it at the time. Um, (laughs) So we watched that. But we also uh, we watched a really good movie, which was uh, called Christmas in Connecticut. We had never seen it. I don't know if you've ever um seen it it's an it's an old movie um and it's a it's sort of about a woman who uh is writing a column for a magazine about how she uh is this wonderful homemaker and how she has this wonderful home in connecticut um and she's played by barbara stanwick and then it turns out she's kind of making it all up but then she has to pretend to be that person um in order to you know it's kind of a screwball comedy um, but anyhow, yeah, 1945 movie. It was uh, it was really really fun. So we we had fun watching those movies. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, mm-hmm. so Alyssa, 
let's fast forward then to the events of last week, because, you know, mm-hmm. as a film critic, someone who watches, uh, you know, prepackaged, beautifully sheened events one after the other, when you tuned on, uh, turned on the TV last week and you're, you know, you're watching the events at the Capitol, it's really weird to see something that is live, real time, historic. I mean, just mm-hmm. over the top especially through the lens of someone, you know, who's you've curated your vision. How did that work in you, you know, as a viewer and psychologically? Yeah. I, you know, I thought about this a lot as I was watching it because of course I'm seeing it unfold all day and I'm seeing little videos here and there. And then you go turn on the TV and the same videos are there and then people are talking. And um, Wednesday night, I, you know, I, I turned on the TV with my husband and we watched a lot of the, um, the speeches that people were giving in the Senate in the house. And yeah. so I wrote a little bit about this the next morning because I was struck by how much it sounded like their speeches were hoping that they were like, you know, at the, at the beginning of the third act of the movie. So movies go in three act structures where yeah, the first right. act is kind of the introduction, right? The second act is this rising action to a point of conflict. And then the third act starts where, you know, the conflict has been reached, the apex has been reached, and now things are going to kind of return to some kind of a normal. And it sure felt like people were trying to say, well, you know, the bad thing happened, but like it didn't succeed. And now we're kind of returning to normalcy and, you know, they won't win. And that was basically the speech you kept hearing. And I was struck by how how often you hear that from politicians as if they're trying to cast themselves in a movie, which you kind of can't really blame them, right? No. Um, Because that's what all blockbusters kind of are like. But, you know, real life is not movies. There's no guarantee of anything um, right now. And so, um, yeah, I think I I thought a lot about how much um, American, I, I guess I would call it political theater, tries to cast itself in blockbuster terms. Um, I guess, you know, because they're very aware that we're at home watching and we we're kind of counting on them to bring us the same ending. Um, I found myself thinking of Independence Day, <laughs> where the oh, president, gosh. you know, yeah. in a plane goes and defeats the aliens, you know, sorry, spoiler. And it, you know, this is not that movie. Um, I don't even know what movie this is. So, yeah, it was a strange thing to watch. It sure was. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, um, you're watching it unfold and you think, you know, this is this is real. I mean, the good yeah. guys are not necessarily going to show up. The cavalry is not going to come, you know, riding down Pennsylvania Avenue. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to sort of steal yourself. And, and again, I, I need to go back because you you make your living doing this sort yeah. of all bets were off. And I, I, I'm sure psychologically, you know, you and your husband together, it just had to make you a little nutty. Yes, it is. It does. And, you know, normally I don't watch um, news on TV um, because I think that TV news, you know, is trying to kind of take current events and put them into those entertainment marks. That's how they Mm -hmm. keep people watching. And, you know, we had just watched election returns the night before for a little while. And it's the same thing. I I kept thinking, you know, even if they know what whether the election has been decided, they're not going to tell us because they got to keep us watching yeah. so they can sell ads right um and this is just a feature of american news and i think i um i prefer to read the newspaper you still get you know a, a framing through a story but it's a different it has a different set of incentives and a different set of ways of making profits and all those things but yeah i mean it is pretty wild to watch it's also wild to sit there and think about different movies i've seen that speak to this moment um you know, like I was thinking of the movie The Death of Stalin again, which is yeah. um, an Armando Iannucci movie about 
kind of what happens in times of political turmoil and who aligns themselves with whom. Um, and so I was thinking about that, but I also, unfortunately, immediately my brain flashes forward a couple of years to whoever is going to make a movie about this week. Yes. Right. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> the inevitable Aaron Sorkin movie or the Adam yeah. or the, you know, the Steven Spielberg movie and what genre of movie is it going to be? And, right. you know, who's going to star in it and all of those things, um, which sort of feels like having the curse of seeing the future a little bit, but I'm pretty sure we can, we, we will see those movies um, sooner than we think. Right. About that. The Aaron okay. Sorkin version, everyone is, everyone's making pithy comments as they're hiding under their desks. Mm-hmm. Is that the way you see it unfolding? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we see this happen all the time. You know, it happens with World Trade Center. It happens with, you know, movies about the Iraq War. It happens, there was the movie Vice a couple of years ago about George W. Bush's presidency. And the, they all kind of have their own spin on events. And we already experienced the events, most of us, secondhand or thirdhand. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's the way that we absorb history, but, uh, I don't know that it always helps us to really understand history so much as understand the, the action, you know, or the character types or something like that. We're speaking with Alyssa Wilkinson. <laughs> She's a film critic at Vox.com. You can find Alyssa easily on all social platforms, always insightful. So Alyssa, just a, a little bit left, uh, give us something, you know, give us a, something that uh, we can watch this evening or in the next couple of days that you find interesting and entertaining, perhaps even joyful. Is there somewhere out there that, you know, we can all engage in? Yeah, uh, this is not the season for joyful um, entertainment, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, <But> I, oh, <laughs> I I know, I know. But I would say that um, this weekend there's a whole bunch of great movies coming out, and one of them to keep an eye out for is called News of the World. Um, so it's Tom Hanks's first Western, if you don't count Toy Story. Um, and he is great in it. It's a story about a, a man who rides around to different Western towns reading the newspaper out loud because they don't have paper. Um, and he ends up kind of um, watching out for this young girl uh, who, you know, has, he's not really sure what happened, but she seems to have been abandoned by her family and they go on this journey together. Um, it, that was a really terrific movie. And then there's also a great movie that you'll be able to write on digital platforms called MLK FBI. And it's a documentary about the FBI's surveillance of Martin Luther King. Um, mm-hmm. And also some of the ways that movies uh, have shaped the way that, you know, we thought about Martin Luther King back then. And we thought about the FBI. We thought about J. Edgar Hoover. Um, so I don't know if it's cheerful, but it's definitely very enlightening and really appropriate, especially with MLK day um coming up so lots lots of good stuff coming down the pike for sure terrific well Alyssa, five years from now when that aaron sorkin uh, pick comes out i'm sure rob lowe will be available he'll look exactly the same as when he was yes. doing west wing so everybody will appreciate it <laughs> he might even look younger <laughs> oh the benjamin button of a uh, current television uh-huh. Alyssa Alyssa wilkinson thanks for being with us film thanks, critic Alyssa. at fox.com thank you All the online Christmas shopping this year had me too quick to double-click, just too easy to spend money. I had a checkout cart with five golden rings, four calling birds, and three Chia Pets. 
If you, too, let your Christmas cheer spread a bit too far and you're tired of being stretched financially, tired of the constant credit card stress, and you're curious if a refinance or cash-out refinance would help, know that we're a faith and family mortgage team committed to Word FM. It sounds so radio commercial to say, but it really is true that mortgage rates have gone from historically low levels to somehow even a bit lower as of late, leaving millions of Americans with the potential opportunity to either lower your monthly payment a couple hundred bucks or cash out a chunk of equity that's sitting in your home to use for life. If you'd like to see what that would look like for you, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to in buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at oozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Boo's Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. When the doctor told us about my mom's cancer, it made me feel so helpless until I called the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and spoke with Grace, who answered all of my questions about the disease, treatment options, and cancer-related expenses. Her support and compassion made us feel whole again. Today, I'm calling Grace to let her know my mom is beating cancer. To learn more, visit LLS.org. Oh, my, oh, my. I'll tell you, I mean, was there a bigger letdown than you've experienced last night at about 840? Could you believe what happened on the opening play no, can no. you have you ever seen a game where something like that happened on the opening the very play? first play no. i can't think of another time that that ever happened and whenever that happened and that ball uh, flew in the air and ben didn't grab the ball and cover it i kind of thought what well, ben was just sort of protecting himself and that was kind of like the least of your worries moving forward but boy, oh boy! Well, I mean, that, that whole debacle last night. And to be honest, I stayed with it until the bitter end. I God had bless to op- you. keep my eyes wide open to see that. And that shot of Ben sitting on the bench. Oh, I mean, that does not that bode well for. Um, well, I guess it does bode well if you think Ben's done. But uh, that's basically it. You can't imagine the Steelers. Uh, they're not going to win a Super Bowl with Ben, and I love Ben. 
And I thank Ben for all the great thrills and chills we've had over these many years together. We've had one of the greats, the best Steeler quarterback in history. Here's the thing. Should he either decide to retire or the the, uh, organization decides to part ways with him, that will be the end of any hope we ever had for the Super Bowl. Because there are so few people who can play that position on planet Earth, and we're not going to get another one. No, not for a long time, right? It feels that way. I mean, you know, really, you and I were just talking. We watched a, I watched a lot of football on Saturday and I Sunday, too. and yeah, I, I loved it. Really, yeah. I just kind of went, I'm going to watch some football. Man, right. that was some great. I and know. Even before they lost last night, you're kind of thinking, I don't know if the Steelers can compete with this level. No, you know who looks terrific? And I can't believe I have to say this out loud. The Ravens look really awesome. Yeah, and that do. is disturbing. Yep. There's so much wrong right now. I can't believe that we also have to deal with a Steeler loss and a Raven win. And yep. the, the Browns? Oh, well, so, okay. So when, you know, this heartbreak is so absolutely complete, how do you find joy in watching f- football? I don't know. Cause tonight's the national championship for college. Ohio State. Well, at least Alabama. that's college. Right. But you know, next week, you're going to tune in to watch the Browns and the Ravens. Yeah. I can't. I'm I, gonna. Can't, I can't do I'm it. Gonna. I can't. I know. You gotta love not, the game, John. No, I'm gonna take a long walk. No, for short pier. Your long walk. That's how it is. Thanks for being with us, boy. I don't know. Thank God we got Jesus. Oh, because boy, there's a lot of angst in this world, isn't there? Have a great night. The ride home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.